Welcome everyone to another episode of the Blade Hockey Podcast, episode 92. And uh, boy, do we not really have much to talk about, um, at least in the NHL side of things, because, you know, um, we're just coming out of the all-star break. And this is where we were supposed to have uh, the NHL players going to Canada, uh, not Canada, going to the Olympics. And hence why scheduling is kind of screwy because for some teams, they came back to play. Like yesterday, I think uh, Toronto, uh, Carolina, and then two other teams uh, played yesterday, tonight, uh, which is actually uh, the first in a while. Vegas Golden Knights uh, game of the night tonight on the, on the podcast, uh, not on the podcast, on the YouTube side of things um, for those that are watching and uh, listening to this on the uh podcast side of things so if you're not watching it on youtube that's uh why i'm mentioning that um along with a whole bunch of other teams uh yeah, yeah. knights and oilers today penguins and bruins coyotes canucks hurricanes senators devils canadians uh blue jackets capitals wild jets and yesterday the other two teams were devils and senators coming back uh to action now, as for like other teams, like the Blues, the Blues, when it's all said and done, will have 11 games off because of how the scheduling happened and so on and so forth, because a lot of their games uh, that were postponed weren't in America. They were all Canadian teams, and they had to m- create a new Canadian road trip to make that work. So that's why the Blues aren't playing until Thursday. So the next Blues game of the night will be on Saturday, um, right after I end up recording the Bleed Hockey podcast for Saturday. So they'll probably, so there'll only be a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a four-day break in between this episode and that episode. So there you go. Um, don't know how much you know news will come out of there, but we're starting to see some signings, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, but yeah, Blackhawks and Blues. Yeah, hope uh, Blackhawks absolutely gets pum- uh, they get pummeled. I really hope they get pummeled. Um, not the fault of the players, but for the fault of who owns the team and uh, their whole spat. Which actually, yeah, that hadn't happened uh, since the last episode of this. So there's a how before we even kick it off to this kind of like an off script thing because it's not even in my notes. The thing that mind bo- like it it shouldn't boggle my mind. And it shouldn't boggle anyone's mind. But with the whole Kyle Beach and John Doe 2, and now I didn't even realize that when I initially did the coverage before that, there's a John Doe 3 uh, with the whole um, sexual assault thing happening during around the 2010 Stanley Cup run uh, that the Blackhawks uh, were on. Now, whenever all that settlement happened, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I know well, we're going to be transparent, you know, with what we're doing to make it everything better and so on and so forth. Cool. If that is exa- it, and it would only be cool if that's exactly what they said that they were going to do and actually followed through with it. And when it comes to, um, you know, they had a little like a town hall meeting and then they had, you know, media. They're asking questions. Um. One of the guys asks, 
very, very, you know, it's not like them being, you know, trying to, you know, stake some flames, but they were asking honest questions. And Rocky Wirtz, the the head guy that owns the Blackhawks, absolutely just has an absolute tirade, an absolute tirade about, you know, we're not talking, we're not talking about Kyle Beach, we're not talking about 2010, even though they're saying, hey, we're going to be transparent with how you know they're doing, and basically all that dude was asking them is, hey, so coming off of that, what you know has it been progress made? You know, what kind of progress are you making? Kind of, you know, basically what he's asking them, and he's just. And then Rocky Wirtz is just going on an absolute tirade. And his son was even, was even trying to calm him down. And like, listen, I'll, I'll, I can, you know, answer your question, you know, whatever. whatever. And then Rocky Wirtz straight up was like, no, no, you know, this is none of your business. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, we're, we're done talking now. We're not, we're done talking about that. And it, it was, it was horrible. And then surely enough to cover, you know, cover their asses, like shortly thereafter, the, the Blackhawks had made a statement like, hey, you know, you know, words that, you know, Rocky Wirtz said, you know, weren't, you know, reflective of the team, blah, 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 even though Rocky Wirtz owns the damn team. So uh, the Blackhawks continue to Blackhawk right now. And uh, we'll get into the Blackhawks and their standings and how shitty they are uh, offhand on ice. So there you go. But another news, uh, the as we talk about coming out of the All Star Game break, uh, the All Star Game happened. Didn't watch it because I had other uh, things going on. But honestly, what does it really cover? You know, it's not really a highlight and thing, other than the fact that Jordan Cairo is an absolute beast, and the fact that not only did he score two goals three goals yeah three goals and then two assists in the all-star game overall over the two games that the central division played and was named the fastest skater in the uh skills competition so congrats to jordan kairou um but yeah uh roman yossi replaced nathan mckinnon in the all-star game because uh nathan mckinnon's nose uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov replaced Adam Fox because Adam Fox had an injury uh, at the All-Star game. Um, and with the results of the All-Star game as a whole, uh, the Metropolitan Division beat the Pacific Division 6-4, going on to the final. The Central Division beat the Atlantic Division 8-5, going on to the final. Uh, and then the Metropolitan Division beat the Central Division 5-3, and Claude Giroux was named the MVP of the All-Star Game. So congrats to Claude Giroux. And where he goes uh, is going to be a mystery because he looks to be one of those guys that may find themselves a new home by the end of the year. But we'll see how that goes. Um, Because, I mean, with teams being strapped for cash you know not a lot i mean there's not gonna be a lot of teams going for high cost guys but at the same time major at that point majority of their contracts already paid down anyway so 
they can make it work. Um, which is kind of a thing that I always I, I tend to forget because I see, oh yeah, their overall contract, but in reality, they don't have to pay the entire, all that money because they're getting paid throughout the year. So that, that number comes down. So whenever trade rumors come up about expensive contract guys like a Mark Giordano might be moving somewhere. Yeah, it's 6.5 million if it was at the beginning of the year, but it's not, you know, so it's more cost effective. And other news before we go into the bottom, because this is probably going to be a really short episode. Actually, no, it's going to be a really, really short episode um, as per usual, but uh, it's okay because we'll make up for that. I'm sure we'll make up for that on Saturday. So there you go. Um, some signings for you um, before we head to the short break. Uh, Minnesota Wild resigned for Jordan Greenway to a three-year deal. Uh, with an AAV of $3 million, $9 million overall. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights re-signed defenseman Braden McNabb, congrats, uh, to a three-year deal uh, worth $8.55 million with an average annual value of $2.85 million. Uh, and the Vegas Golden Knights also signed forward uh, Michael Am- Amiato to a two-year, uh, two-year extension, $1.525 million with an average annual value of $762,500 because you got to, you know, make weird numbers. And lastly, uh, for, for the Vegas Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights signed goaltender Logan Thompson to a three-year $2.3 million contract with an average annual value of $7,666.667. No, $7,000, oh no, $766,667 because they got to make it all fucking weird. Um, and we have more signings, but before we, but that's all blues, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but before we go, and while we're on the subject of the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday, a notable thing, uh, Jack Eichel, uh, for the first time since getting his shoulder surgery, uh, that the Buffalo Sabres wouldn't let him go, those sick bastards, uh, for the first time ever, he does not have a no contact jersey on, he is taking hits he's getting dirty with the boys and uh taking full contact practice for the first time uh yesterday so congrats to jack eichel hopefully he does some uh he gets back up gets his legs underneath him and uh can make do some wonderful things for the vegas golden knights because god forbid if the st louis blues don't make to the stanley cup final the vegas golden knights better fucking do it that's all i gotta say about that but um but yeah speaking of the st louis blues uh, breaking news this morning, uh, as I was uh, about to finish up typing this old doodad. Um, first off, injury report. The Blues placed Scott Perunovich on injured reserve with an upper body injury. Don't know how he sustained that, but he sustained it. Uh, and with that, you take a defenseman, put him on IR, and your answer is to put, take a forward and bring him up. Dakota Joshua. Some sandpaper right there, recalled from the Springfield Thunderbirds. And for signings, St. Louis' own Logan Brown, son of former St. Louis Blue Jeff Brown, uh, has signed a one-year, one-way contract extension worth $750,000, which tells me um, he's going to basically get a prove-it deal out of it. He's going to probably be in that fourth line, third line at times, depending on situations. And uh, with that one-way contract status means that if he needed to go down 
to uh, the minors, he will have to go through waivers, and that is a dangerous thing to have. So um, surely that's a low-cost way of saying, hey, kid, we believe in you. You know, show us that, you know, we weren't wrong. You know, sign you an extension, and after this contract comes up, you can uh, get that money. But until then, we'll see how it goes. And uh, we have Robert Portuzo. You know, you know Portuzo. Uh, signing a two-year contract extension worth $1,950,000 AAV. So glad to see uh, Bortz staying here as uh, he's one of the uh, few defensemen that are really, really, really good at their job. They know what their job is and do it right all the damn time. There's very little times do Bort- does Bortuzzo make a mistake. And majority of those mistakes is not necessarily his play. It's more or less he's getting a little too rough, you know. But at the same time, you know, you can also blame referees with that too. But that's neither here nor there. His purpose, he knows his purpose, and he serves it well, and the Blues know it. And that's why he has the extension under like 50000 shy of $1 million. So congrats to Robert Bortuzzo, and hopefully he, he does well for the next two years as the Blues look to solidify their defense core, which is a detrimental thing if they want to, uh, to fix, if they want to go and make another run for the Cup. Because um, the decor is, I mean, we can always fault, we can always fault Jordan Bennington not being Jordan Bennington. That, you know, sure, he's nowhere near where he was on that 2019 run now granted it may also be because a lot of teams have a book on them now and they know what they need to do i'll look at matt murray when he was with the penguins after winning those back-to-back cups with them fell off a goddamn cliff not necessarily to say that matt murray can't play and not then he's not a good goaltender is probably because they got a book on him so jordan bennington probably got a book on him and the fact that on top of that the blues defense core has not been the best to say the least there's been, you know, a lot of talk about Colton Pareko needing to step up, you know, which is probably true. But at the same time, maybe, you know, we're setting a high bar. Maybe he's not what we thought he would be. And maybe he fits a different, you know, situation, which we need to uh, address. Now, as for uh, Tory Krug and Justin Falk, money. Robert Bartuzzo, money. Uh, Miko Mikula, for the most part, money it's just that last spot we're trying to figure out and on um st louis sports radio keep the name that keeps coming up and i just genuinely don't see it is uh jacob chicken i'm sure i'll go a little bit more in depth with that um in another video or like a separate video but uh, I've already spoke my piece on Jacob, the prospect of having Jacob Chicken. I, I just don't honestly see how it's possible. I don't see it. Um, and as a matter of fact, a couple episodes ago, um, I went over this exact thing. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, when it comes to what the Blues need to do for the blue line, if you are on the podcast side of things and go to episode... 88 of the Bleed Hockey Podcast, or if you are on Apple Podcasts where it's separated into seasons, it'd be season four, episode 11. 
um, or on the uh, YouTube side of things, the one titled Seems the Blues Could Use Some D, where I talk about the uh, blues and Jacob Chickern and who I think it should. Spoiler alert, it should be Jamie Alexiak, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'll go more in depth on that episode. So if you want to look that up, there you go. But uh, but yeah, we'll go in the ad break. And then when we come back, we'll do the uh, standings roundup as of the start of the All-Star break, as well as a brief overview of where Team USA uh at least the women's one the men's one i'm pretty sure they haven't even played yet but as for like the women's hockey olympic hockey and uh where they stand and uh where our quarterfinals uh women for the women's tournament in the 2022 winter olympics and how that's set up so uh, when we come back we'll go over that all right now we're back and going over the standings roundup real quick so the atlantic division had no movement whatsoever Montreal, still Montreal, eighth place with a record of 8, 29, and 7. Ottawa with a record, with a record of 14, 22, and 4, still seventh place. Sixth place, Buffalo Sabres uh, with a record of 14, 24, and 7. Uh, only reason why they're that much higher than Ottawa's because of their overtime losses. Uh, Detroit still fifth place with, with a record of 20, 21, and 6. The Boston Bruins still fourth place and still the second wild card in the Eastern Conference with a record of 26, 14, and 3. The Toronto Maple Leafs still third place with a record of 29, 10, and 3. The Tampa Bay Lightning still second place with a record of 30, 10, and 6. And lastly, the Florida Panthers, still the Florida Panthers, still first place with a record of 32, 10, and 5. So there's your Atlantic division. The, the Metropolitan Division had a little bit of uh, switching around, uh, the New Jersey Devils are now the eighth place uh, spot once again uh, with a record of 15, 25, and 5, dropping down one spot from 7th to 8th. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers is taking that 7th place spot from 8th to 7th with a record of 15, 22, and 8. Those overtime losses are helping them out, to say the least. 6th uh, place, the New York Islanders standing pat for the time being. Uh, at sixth place with a record of 16, 17, and six, but I'm sure that they'll go up higher than that. At least one more. I would expect them to at least be up one more. Uh, for fifth, speaking of fifth place, the Columbus Blue Jackets still fifth place with a record of 20, 22, and one. The Washington Capitals still hold that first wild card spot in the Eastern Conference and still fourth place with a record of 25, 13, and nine. Goodness gracious, those overtime losses. In third place, uh, falling down one spot from second to third is the Pittsburgh Penguins with a record of 27, 11, and 8. The New York Rangers take that second place spot from the Pittsburgh Penguins, drop, uh, coming up one spot from third to second with a record of 30, 13, and 4. And lastly, the Carolina Hurricanes hold the first place spot with a record of 31, 9, and 2. The Central Division, Arizona going to be Arizona. Uh, with a record of 11, 30, and 4. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks going to suck a big one uh, with a record of 16, 23, and 7. Standing Pat at 7th place. Standing Pat at 6th place, the Winnipeg Jets with a record of 18, 17, and 7. The Dallas Stars still 5th place with, with a record of 23, 18, and 2. The St. Louis Blues drop down one spot from third to fourth and hold the first wildcard spot for the first time this season that I am aware of. I'm pretty sure it's the first time they've held a wildcard spot this season 
with a record of 26, 13, and 5. The Minnesota Wild jump up one spot into the top three of the division with a record of 28, 10, and 3. The Nashville Predators still second place with a record of 28, 14, and 4. And lastly, for the Central Division, still first place, once again, the Colorado Avalanche with a record of 32, 8, and 4. Now, so far, uh, the only two teams in the league left with single-digit losses in regulation. Carolina Hurricanes with nine, and the Colorado Avalanche with eight. There you go. There's a, there's a stat fact for you. And lastly, the Pacific Division. The Seattle Kraken, still eighth place with a record of 15, 27, and four. In seventh place, the Vancouver Canucks whole have a record of 20, 20, and six. The San Jose Sharks dropped down one spot from fifth to sixth with a record of 22, 20, and four. The Edmonton Oilers jump up one spot from sixth to fifth with a record of 23, 16, and three. The Calgary Flames hold the second log card spot and the fourth place spot with a record of 23, 13, and six. The Anaheim Ducks, for the first time in a long while, drop down one spot from second to third with a record of 23, 16, and nine. And, you you know, coming into this season, and if you told me that this team would be in a second-place spot, I would have laughed in your face, honestly. I would. And that's the LA Kings. LA Kings are second place in the Pacific Division. Now, granted, the Pacific Division, quite a weak division. Quite a weak division. But regardless, regardless, uh, hold a... 24, 16, and 7 record, jumping up one spot from third to second. And lastly, still first place, surprise, surprise, Vegas Golden Knights, all about them Knights, with a record of 27, 16, and 3. So that is your standings roundup. And before we go, Olympic update. Um, so haven't covered the uh, Olympics since uh, on the last episode, mainly because uh, the Olympics didn't start last uh last episode this is the first episode that i'm making since it started so some news for you so first off um brandon decker of the women's uh team usa hockey team uh su- sustained an injury uh during their first game against finland where uh they won i think five to two that game um yeah, Brianna Decker out. I believe it was a, a leg injury. Uh, so I believe she'll be out for the remainder of the Olympics. So speedy recovery to her. And hopefully that, that this will not be her last uh, time representing Team USA. Sure it won't. Uh, and then the next game, Team USA faced off against Switzerland. And uh, just fucking beat their ass. Eight nothing. Uh, it was quite a... Amazing time. It was a great game. Uh, just beating the shit out of them. It was great. Uh, and then both Team USA uh, were tied first in the rankings at that time. And also uh, Team USA also beat the shit out of uh, the Russian Olympic Committee women's team. Uh, I believe that was 5 nothing uh, for that, team's, that team game there. Um, and yesterday night at 10, 10 p.m. Central Time, so it was like early in the morning in China, uh, 
Team USA and Canada and Team Canada's women's uh, teams faced off for the first time this Olympics. And it surely will not be the last time. I'm fairly certain of it, um, especially if those previous other games were to be uh, anything to take from that. Um, yeah, uh, Team USA lost to Team Canada uh, by a score of 4-2 to two going into the goals here. Uh, the first, the only goal scored in the first period uh, was from Canada with uh, Brianne Jenner getting the goal for Team Canada with Sarah Fillier and Marie-Philippe Poulain getting the assist there. Second period, Danny Camaresi ties it up for Team USA uh, with Kelly Penick and Kayla Barnes getting the assist. Alex Carpenter gives Team USA their first and only league of, uh, lead of the game with Amanda Kessel and Megan Keller getting the assist. And Umbrian Jenner scores her second out of the game and ties it back up with Sarah Nurse getting a lone assist on that. Uh, Jamie Lee Rattray gives Canada back the league uh, lead, lead, uh, making it 3 2 uh, Team Canada with Natalie Spooner and Micah Zandi Hart getting the assist. And lastly, both, um, Marie-Philippe Poulain scores uh, her one and only goal in this game, uh, unassisted to round out the scoring for the game. 4-2 is your final. So there's no scoring in the third period. Um, with that, all the preliminary round matchups are done. So we have our quarterfinals uh, for the women's tournament at the Olympics. It'd be Canada versus Sweden. USA versus uh, the Czech Republic or Czech, uh, Chechnya, uh, Finland versus Japan, and the Russians or the Russian Olympic Committee because they are not allowed to officially represent Russia uh, until the next Winter Olympic Games in 2026 because of doping. Don't dope, kids. Don't dope. Uh, versus Switzerland. And going home uh, will be China. And Denmark, they did not make the cut. There you go. Now, as for the men's side of things, it hasn't been, uh, I don't even really think they've started the preliminary rounds for them yet. Um, I'm sure it will be soon. And I'm sure Team China, and I use that very term very loosely, because if you look at the damn the roster for the men's Team China for the uh, ice hockey Half them bitches aren't even Chinese, or at least from China. Majority of them motherfuckers are American, or at least definitely uh, Canadian. So, and the only reason why they're there is because they're KHL players that play in China. That's it. So, yeah, like Spencer Fu, I'm pretty sure Spencer Fu is not Chinese. I'm pretty sure he's not. But, or at least from China. But I digress. But it, yeah, <laughs> I, I digress. Um, but yeah, that that's been that. That's been this uh, next episode. I'm sure the um, quarterfinals will have started, and we'll get some info on uh, who's going on into the semis for the Winter Olympics by then, hopefully, and uh, maybe even do some roundup with the olympics as well as the standings as well as any other signings that may happen because signings are starting to come out 
because teams are trying to figure out where they need to uh, solidify what they know that they're fine with and move on from pieces as the trade deadline comes very soon. It's, it's coming like a speeding train, and it's going to be an interesting time to see who gets moved. And I'll tell you one thing, Jacob Chirkin will not be a St. Louis Blue, and I guarantee you this will not age uh, at all. It will not age at all because I will be right. Uh, but, yeah, I'll catch you all next one. Thank you very much.